Welcome to Tech Talks, the technology podcast with David Savage and Jack Pierce, publishing on Mondays and Thursdays. This is the show packed full of interviews and debate with technology leaders for the love of tech. On today's podcast, we have Dr. Jamila, the CEO of MindSenses Global. But before that, hi Jack. Hello Dave. How are you? Very well, thank you. Yourself? Oh, I'm in an excellent mood today. Before you say that, <laughs> right? No, before you say that, I watched for the first 45 minutes of the Newcastle game last night. Doesn't sound like I missed much in the second half, but what a goal by Fabian Cher. Cher, Cher, Cher. The commentators last night on BT were definitely saying Cher. That doesn't mean they're right, but... I'm pretty sure the BBC always say Cher. Well, anyway, what Swiss, the, Swiss what, listeners. What would the Geordies call him? That doesn't matter. Fabian. <laughs> Swiss listeners. S C H A with an umlaut. Funny umlaut. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is that? Is that Shah, Sher, or Cher? Do you believe? That's Cher, isn't it? Anyway, uh, what else have you been up to this week? This week? Oh, God, why did you throw me? Uh, not a lot, really, to be honest with you. The weather's lovely. Ah, oh, I played disc golf at the weekend. Oh! Yeah, for the first time. By um, the way, just to intersperse, if anyone's unfamiliar with disc golf, we should just say that frisbee golf or disc golf, uh, one of the few uh, proper courses in the country was at mine and Jack's university. I used to yeah. I used to play a lot. Yep. Yeah. So we went to Chesham to do it on Saturday, and it was glorious weather. Um, and yeah, it's... You just walk around a lovely park or field with your mates, take your tinnies with you. Yeah, I might have thrown one of the discs in a river and it was unretrievable, but still it was a fun day out. I used to love the one that, uh, so at, at Essex, Great course. At, on, on the campus, there were these two lakes at the back of the campus and basically there was a narrow walkway between them yep. and one of the holes was to throw the frisbees and you get different frisbees, you get drivers, you get yep. putters. One of them was to throw the frisbee uh, basically over the lake, but you could take the safe route uh, and go kind of along the cut in between the two lakes. How many discs are in that lake? Oh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, look, on today's show, we are talking to Dr. Jamila. She is the CEO of MindSenses. They're an AI consultancy. I think this is particularly interesting because we often talk about AI from the theoretical aspect of it in tech. I think I think certainly in the, in the wider media, we can be um, totally guilty of talking about it in terms of James Cameron yeah 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 uh, but this is all about uh, how enterprise can make use of technology right now so today we are talking to Jamila uh, the CEO of Mind Senses. is it Mind Senses Global or just Mind Senses? Mind Senses Global and thank you for, for making some time although we are interviewing over breakfast which is quite a nice thing to do thanks um, for having me no 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 worries how long's the uh, how long's the business been around for so it's relatively new startup so it's just been uh, around like 13 months yeah and your background is oil and gas predominantly you've worked at shell and bp right indeed yeah so uh, i worked uh, around like 18 years between bp and shell yeah I spent the last 15 years working in shell in different uh, roles, commercial, business development strategy, but uh, my academic background was in AI, so I have yep. a PhD in AI, yep. and I got the, the chance to apply AI in, in very different business contexts within the oil and gas, because it's so huge, so you have, but obviously in the business, or at least, you know, 15 years ago, you wouldn't call it AI. So look, it, it probably makes sense to quickly say what MindSenses is and how that that academic background and the commercial background came together to allow you to go, you know what, there's an opportunity here to launch a consultancy that can add some value. 
Yeah. So uh, MindSense is global. It's a boutique uh, AI management consultancy. Mm -hmm. So what we do is like the usual consultancy model, but like we only consult in AI. So what we do, our mission is to help uh, businesses and organizations apply AI. Mm -hmm. And the way we do it uh, is through four different services. So one is AI education. Because of the uh, AI hype that we have, uh, there is a lot of confusion of what is AI and more importantly, how AI can help the business. Mm. So we do run master classes you know, to teach AI, but more importantly, show how to unlock the value of AI in the business context. I'm, I'm sorry, just to jump in, you call them masterclasses, but yes. you're, you're talking about initially the basics uh, because there's a lot of confusion about what AI really is, yeah, right? Yeah, so it's a mixture of uh, basics, but more kind of like, you know, um, expert kind of like perspective into it. So the, the basics of AI, yep. so understanding, you know, what is machine learning, what are all like those models, you know, uh, and so on. So that's the basic. But then when it comes to implementing it in the business, that's not anymore, uh, you know, a basic because oh, unless you have done it and you have experience kind of in doing it and you have faced challenges and you have to go around kind of have to do it, it's not something you can find like in a book or you can just like go, uh, you know, you find it uh, easily uh, outside. The reason why I raised that point is, um we, we ran a survey last year and in there there was a question around how much money do you think your company is making or saving from AI and the answer that came back was four in ten and to me I just thought that yeah. sounds too high um, and, and I guess it kind of makes you question whether or not people really understand what AI is perhaps or are they just window dressing stuff that isn't really AI as AI for kind of political purposes internally indeed i think kind of the and this is not just like in the business you know this hype is everywhere even if you know you look at social media or like newspapers there's as a kind of a, a hype around like what is ai you know what are like the benefits and more specifically the threats around the ai so there's a lot of education that needs to happen uh, uh, on that sense and then the other services we do is we help businesses uh, so once you understand ai so kind of like we help them, uh, you know, build robust AI strategy because you need to know kind of where do you start and what what is the roadmap and what are like the milestones. So that's another service we offer. And then the third one is around we do have the capabilities to help businesses uh, apply and, you know, basically develop AI applications. We believe that AI is a means to an end. Our starting point is the business uh, context. So let me help you understand it let yep. me help you kind of frame it let's find a way to solve to so you know solve it for you and part of the journey is to find the ways to apply ai to solve that problem and then the last service like we offer under mindsense is global so that's uh, ai investments so we have been approached by a number of uh, uh, hedge funds kind of investors uh, ventures who obviously see the, the, uh, the opportunity uh, in AI mm -hmm. and they would like to invest in uh, an AI company or an AI startup, but because obviously the AI hype and because they have limited knowledge of AI, so they're like seeking our advice. So we advise them in which AI company to invest in. Yeah. And we also, you know, advising in terms, you know, what are the likely AI trends, you know, what will be the hot, you know, topic in AI for the, the next few, few years. So that's kind of what we do in MindSense is Global. So look, you, you're talking about the fact that you're running a, a consultancy within AI. 
the whole point that people will pay to come and find out is because they want to see some return, some value in their business. Uh, and unlocking that value in AI does seem to be the major challenge for most organisations. You, you mentioned before we hit record that you, you were talking about six sectors in a recent workshop that you were talking about. Um, I've got five of them here, I think retail, oil and gas, healthcare, finance, logistics. What was the other, what was the other sector? Uh, I had also uh, insurance. Insurance. Yeah. Um, of those sectors, mm. which user cases do you zero in as, as obvious examples where there are organisations unlocking value from, from this technology? That's a very good question. So um, let's mention kind of, so there are like a lot of surveys, you know, whether you look at like McKinsey survey, like PwC survey, Accenture, there are like a whole bunch of surveys that uh, when CEOs and CTOs uh, are asked about, you know, would you like to use AI? The answer is most definitely yes. yes. But then when you look at the uh, adoption level, the adoption level uh, ratio or like percentage is very, very low. Why? Um, so there are like three main uh, uh, reasons and then we can go into. So one is a lack of AI strategy. Yep. The other one is just like not having the capabilities to develop those AI tools. Yep. And then that goes hand in hand with a lack of AI talent. So the talents, the resources are not just like in the enterprises level. Do you find that organizations are kind of, they want to invest in AI, they don't have someone who has the talent in-house, and they give it to someone, perhaps junior, to run as a project because they don't know where to put it? I mean, it's a great opportunity for maybe someone further down the organization, but I've heard stories of, of situations where, you know, fair play, people have grabbed that opportunity with both hands, but someone at a very senior level has gone, yeah. we need to invest in AI, we don't know what to do with it, let's give it to person X and see what they make of it, which would appear to be slightly short-sighted. Definitely. So I think you are spot on kind of like from the clients I do speak and the people I meet at uh, conferences. So they're like, uh, I think like two main buckets or like let's kind of, there is a third bucket we can also explore. So there is the first one that you mentioned. So kind of like the CEO is very keen to apply AI yeah. and I found like the, you know, the junior like, uh, you know, stuff to pass on, uh, you know, the, yeah. the project. Uh, so that's definitely kind of happening. The other way, like the second bucket is completely the opposite. So the CEO is like very keen to do the AI, but then they go and purchase an AI package or, right. you know, but basically I have like met a lot of clients who say, oh, oh yeah, we got that product. We got, you know, we just bought that AI package. And then my next question, okay, that's good. What are you doing, you know, uh, with it? Oh, we don't know. We just got it. <laughs> it's like, mm, surely that's not the right way, you know, to, uh, so going back to my, uh, you know, uh, kind of like comment is that your starting point shouldn't be AI. You know, it shouldn't be, ah, oh, you know, AI is so kind of attractive let's kind of like let's get the AI let's get like an AI package your starting point should be from your business problem yep. you know for example your problem uh, I would like to increase uh, the number of sales or I would like to increase my customer service satisfaction or I would like to optimize or to solve this type of problem and then you then go you know you either like uh, you know if you have like an internal team you know, data scientists, you can, you know, kind of like, you know, work with them to find like a way to use AI to sort it. If not, I think kind of one of the key areas uh, that could help uh, businesses uh, get into the AI journey uh, quickly is not to be afraid to partner. So, you know, find the partner who is kind of like knowledgeable 
an expert in AI and partner with them, you know, to kind of like uh, help uh, your uh, AI journey. So, sorry, sorry, I, I kind of jumped in there and, and pushed us in a slightly different direction in terms of why adoption is not happening. But what, what are those user cases then where it is succeeding? Yes. So when you look at the different sectors, so we have like two champions who are really on the top kind of like lead, uh, you know, table yeah. in terms of AI application. Um, one is definitely financial services. So you can see a lot of uh, the banks uh, have been adopting uh, AI in very different ways. I can give two examples. One is fraud detection. Mm -hmm. So they're using AI to predict uh, a future fraudulent uh, transaction before it happens and stop it. So then that reduces because when the fraud takes place, mm -hmm. the costs are so huge for the banks because obviously they will have to fill in uh, you know, the gap. Because so, I, I can imagine AI spotting a pattern that's yes. irregular and kind of going, this is what normal looks like, this is an outlier, yeah. we need to check this. But future prediction, that's, that's really... Yeah, so basically what they're doing is kind of, you know, whenever we use our, like, you know, Visa card, MasterCard, whatever kind of, like, bank card we yeah, use, yeah. whatever, you know, each time you tap in, the bank have to de decide whether to authorize or decline. Yeah. So now they're using predictive AI in terms of the, per, the profile of the customer. So if it's Mimi Jamila, uh, we know Jamila. Jamila has this and this in pattern. But also Jamila kind of has like a similar profile to another set of groups. Yeah. Yeah. And we have another group of fraudulent. We know kind of like uh, what could be the fraudulent locations. We know kind of like how a fraudulent transaction looks like. So if there is like successive tap, you know, contact like for example, tapping, you know, 30 and 30 and 30 then you know so they they are grouping the the features of of a fraudulent transaction right. based on historical really fraudulent transaction that took place yeah. they're taking my profile into uh, consideration and the, the the group that is similar to me and then at the moment I tap they're doing predictive analysis to see whether that transaction is fraudulent and, uh, or not, <laughs> and then they are declining or authorizing. I have to say, no, I, think it, I think it's brilliant. I also think to myself, part of humanity, part of the wonder of humanity is its unpredictability. It kind of means that I kind of can't just hop on a plane and go do something crazy yeah. without them going, hang on a minute, is that really dangerous? Anyway, yes. no, that's beside the point. So <laughs> finances, yep, so that's finance. one. The next sector is definitely healthcare. Right. So healthcare kind of, I think with the rise of uh, obviously uh, image recognition, mm. it's like a big, big component. So you, you, you now find like AI used for example, like cancer detection. Yes. So, you know, like scans of, uh, you know, kind of like cancer is like fed to uh, AI too, which most of the time is deep learning because that's the most appropriate uh, kind of technique for uh, image recognition. And then the algorithm or the model will help, you know, kind of like uh, detect uh, the, the cancer. So you can argue, you know, whether, you know, it's successful or not. But like so far, we have like some concrete example where AI kind of like cancer detection has surpassed the human doctors. So if you take an illness like uh, skin cancer, yeah. melanoma, so we have like some statics. So kind of like we have something around like 94% success rate for the machines versus like an 85% success for the dermatologists. What I find really interesting about this is, is you mentioned that they're 94% success mm. rate for the machines. Still in the media, it seems to be, oh, it's only 94% correct. You know, 6% <laughs> of the time it gets it wrong. And yes. it's, the, the commentary at large seems to ignore sometimes the fallibility of the humans in the system that we mm. already have at present. 
Yeah, that's a very good point. So obviously, I do believe that there is always room for improvement. So of obviously, course. 94% is a lot better than, you know, 85%. That's like nearly, we're talking about like nearly 10%, you know, uh, uh, difference. So that's an achievement on its own. But the fact that the AI uh, model by definition, so if it is really AI, because you also have to, uh, you know, when you're dealing with AI application, yeah. my kind of uh, number rule of thumb, you know, for my anyone, you know, taking my master classes or clients, you know, that I'm helping in the AI journey, I tell them for you to distinguish between a fake AI and the real AI, rule number one thumb that you can do easily is you ask your, uh, yourself the question, is the system learning? Yeah. If it is learning, then it's most likely to be AI. If it is not learning, then you can rule it out that this is definitely not AI. Yeah. So kind of the fact that I'm bringing is, yeah, it may be just like 94% right now for the machine, but don't forget that the learning is always happening. It's continuous. Yeah, yeah. So I'm expecting in the future, that percentage rate is going to increase just because kind of the model is learning uh, on a continuous basis. Look, last question then. Um, governance and strategy is a big part of this. Aside, from coming along to your next masterclass. <laughs> what, what could a business do, uh, on a serious point, you know, if they're, if they're going to adopt AI, um, they've started with the business problem, AI is the most appropriate answer. What are the next steps to ensure success? What are businesses often overlooking? Okay, so it's, uh, step one is the business context. Step two is the data ecosystem. Right. So make sure, you know, uh, first of all, ask yourself, do you have, the right data because you may have a lot of data but none of them is going to be useful for you know to solve the problem you are having so do you have the right data and do you have a good quality data because most of the time what we see is like we know whether ai or any other system garbage in garbage out so make sure you invest in you know you know you having the, the right infrastructure for uh, a good quality data the next bit is then explore with AI. So don't just like, I know that like deep learning is very attractive, but you know, don't just jump and apply deep learning because you know, the different techniques, some are more suitable to different problems. Don't assume that deep learning is applicable to every single type of uh, problem. So investigate, experiment in terms of which AI model is better fit for your, your problem. Once you do so, our advice is go easy at the beginning. So don't try to make it big, you know, at the business context. So start with prototyping. Make sure that kind of your prototype and, you know, you, you have tested the quality, you are happy with it. Once you are happy with the quality, then this is then, you know, kind of like you go production mode and you make it big. Yeah. But more importantly, because what we think the biggest issue is like how to ensure the, uh, the longevity of your AI product. This is where business integration and business governance becomes very critical because there is no point in having a, a product that you, you, know, you may apply once or twice and then put it aside because it hasn't been integrated with your uh, overall. So think, okay, how are you going to use the output of your model into your business decisions? Which, de you know, which decision making is going to be kind of like altered or improved by the use of AI? Who is going to sign on those outputs? Who is going to sign on those, uh, you know, decisions? Who will be accountable on, along the, the supply chain? How do you integrate it in your uh, like business uh, system? So it's like the whole kind of business integration governance are really, really critical for the longevity of, uh, uh, you know, your AI journey.
I really appreciate you giving up some time this morning to, to come and have a chat over breakfast. And uh, I hope that the business continues to go from strength to strength. What, have you got another masterclass planned or is it still in the planning stages? So we are in the planning stages. So we don't have like f- uh, fixed dates uh, for now, but we are definitely going to, uh, you know, run like further masterclasses throughout uh, So if someone year. is interested, would they just go to the website for the time being? Yes, please. Yeah. So it's uh, www.mindsenses.co.uk. Cool. Well, look, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. When I was listening to this, I was immediately reminded of our friends over at State Zero. Yeah, I thought you would. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that, you know, it's this is a means to an end. You've got to start with business context, right? You've got to start with the problem. Don't just do it for the sake of it. Um. So, you know... Jamila talks about the fact that there's lots and lots of surveys, um, and in those surveys, the question, you know, would you like to use AI? Yes. Yeah. But then, interestingly, the adoption is very, very low. Well, that wasn't a surprise to us, I don't think. We know that from our own Harvey Nash survey that only four out of ten or whatever are actually... Well, no, that I've always quoted that number as saying too four, four out of ten is just too high. So the question being, how many organisations are making or saving money through the use of AI? Four out of ten doesn't make sense no, not, right. not yeah. AI that's yeah. a lack of understanding of what AI is yeah. or just bullshitting I think it's bullshitting um, definitely and, well, and I say that by the way just to, to, to frame that I say that in as much as people suggesting that maybe um, big data projects or data analytics projects aren't truly AI being framed as AI for maybe political reasons oh yeah for, so that the board of investors are happy that they think they're using AI because they don't yeah. understand what it is either what I think typified AI in, uh, in, in, in enterprise so well was that when uh, Dr. Jamila was talking about her AI masterclass, in actual fact, it's a very basic understanding of AI, what you learn there. Obviously, applying it to business is much more difficult and stuff like that, but it's a masterclass, which for me is the, the pinnacle, but it's covering the basics. That just shows that no one really knows what AI is, but no one's going to go to an AI for beginners course. I, I quite like the branding of it. It's yeah. called a masterclass because people think they know what AI is. And I quizzed her in the interview. Yeah. I, kind of, I, I said... Oh, so, so it's the basics. And she was very quick to kind of push back and go, no, 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 it's not the basics. But it is that yeah. well, definite... No, it's uh, the basics for their understanding. It's not basics when it comes to this business implementation. Yeah, yeah. You have to be aware that you're talking to people who, push comes to shove, might not really have a detailed understanding of what AI is, maybe what the difference between AI and machine learning really is, yeah. and how they can be applied. Um, and then she goes and tells us exactly what it is. AI is if your product or, or, or service is learning. Yeah. Like, how has it taken me nearly a year and a half of podcasting to boil it down to something that something so perfectly simple and soundbitey? Brilliant. You're and, an expert, Jack. Yeah. Can I also just say as well, Dr. Jamila is arguably now one of my favourite ever guests. What? Why is that? Compartmentalising and listing. Let me give you four reasons. I'm going to give you three reasons. When I'm making notes, these are my notes, Dave. Uh, listeners can't see it. They are actually quite. It's perfect. It's it's such a fantastic way. You can tell she does teaching because it's such a fantastic way to teach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Love that. Thank you, Dr. Jamila. I I really insightful as well that today, even today, you would imagine that if someone is going out and buying software for an organization or whatever they're buying for their for their business that they don't understand what they're buying but people are going out there and they're purchasing ai packages and then the question is what are you doing with it and they don't know they're buying it because 
they want AI, but again, it comes back to that 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 issue that they they shouldn't start with AI. They're buying it because it's like let's get AI rather than what's our issue that we're trying to fix. It's almost the same sort of uh, founder's story, like. Don't start a company. Don't start a startup just because. Do it because there's a reason. Because there's an issue that needs to be solved. It's the same with AI. Don't just do it because you think your rival's doing it. They're probably doing it incorrectly as well. I thought that you'd, um, given your recent woes, be particularly enamoured with the story about predicting future fraud. How weird is that? How like? But so here's my point on that. I've never ever spent nearly three hundred pound on beauty products. I'd like to have thought that the fraud would have detected that. That said. Lloyds might already be using it because within minutes they've got in touch with me anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, it, what was massively surprising... Did, did the money leave your account? They stopped it unless I confirmed or otherwise. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, what, what I really found interesting most was the two champion industries uh, that Dr. Jamila talks about. Fintech and financial services, I thought, yeah, that makes total sense. Healthcare, I can only assume she means private healthcare, right? I can't see the NHS adopting well, it all the time. Well, I suppose, you know, doctor, GP at hand, uh, so Babylon Health, yeah, those kind of triage services that we're beginning to see with 111, those kind of user cases, absolutely, we're, gonna, yeah. we're familiar with. It's just, it, it, it surprised me that healthcare was as big and early adopted as AI. Positive surprise, though, like, that's where AI should be used primarily. Well, look, I mean, there is this thing, isn't there, about the ethical debate around data, personal data, AI, yeah. companies having hold of that data, what they're doing with it, etc. And those questions should be asked, mm. absolutely. But where chronic disease is involved, mm. and you're talking about terminally ill patients, if AI can prevent that, through a better understanding and recognizing patterns in data, mm. surely that's worth a small price to pay for a small amount of privacy being given away? You think so, right? You, you Maybe I'm so. being horribly naive there, but I just, I, 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 am, I am totally happy with my data being shared if it helps to save solve my life. cancer, yeah. you know? Right, no, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. Come mole map me if you want. Like, take my data, it's gonna save the world. My, my body is not a temple. Well, I suppose that's but. the point that we've been talking about recently, right? Big, big tech just needs to be honest about how it's using it. Yeah, yeah. If someone comes to you and goes, look, we're gonna use your data and this is why we want your data, but it may well save lives. Yeah. You kind of go, oh, okay. Yeah, it's Surely. yeah. I mean, that's, that's how you get trust back, big tech. Tell us what you're using our data for. Yep. Or it's how you worsen the trust, actually, when you find out what they're doing with the data. Right, well, look, I think that should take us into our advert break. Ooh. When we come back, we've got uh, two, let's not say articles, we've got um, a bit of info about a product and an article. Yes. Listeners will probably think, oh, Jack's product of the week's back. Sadly not. Farewell, but not goodbye. Do you know what that is? No. Bobby Robson's autobiography. All the better read by Bobby Robson. No way. Yeah. What a legend of the game he was. Exactly. It's a great book to read, but listening to Bobby Robson, talking you through his life, that's special. Exactly. My choice is uh, The Sisters Brothers, which is a film starring Jake Gyllenhaal and John C. Riley that has been released worldwide apart from in the UK. So I'm going to listen to the audiobook. If anyone's wondering why we've suddenly started talking about books, it's because if you head over to audible.co.uk forward slash tech talks, you can get a free month's trial there, courtesy of your favourite technology podcast. Get listening. 
welcome back to the show. Before we lose your attention, um, we're going to talk about the fact that we've been sent a product all the way from Hungary. It's fucking quality. Yeah, we have just tested it. We're going to put together a short video. Or, sorry, producer Ryder's going to put together a short Wait. video. <laughs> um, it's uh, Vive, spelt V... Sorry, not V at all. Vive, spelt W-I-W-E. Um, it's a clinically validated mobile ECG for stroke and sudden cardiac risk assessment. And it's about the size of a credit card? Yeah, yeah. almost exactly the size yeah. of a credit card. Um, so, can slip it into your pocket. Here's the stats, Jack. Go on, hit me with them. 15 million people a year affected by stroke. 5 million death rate. Yep. Sudden cardiac arrest, about 430,000 people on a global scale. Only 10% survival rate. And 3% of the population apparently not even aware that they have some form of arrhythmia. Arrhythmia being an abnormal heartbeat? I believe so. What Sanat Metal Limited, who are behind the device, suggest is that Three out of four deaths could be prevented with regular ECG scre screening and a lifestyle change. Um, for people who don't like going to the doctors, don't like sitting around for hours in a, in a waiting room, this is your answer to get your ECG data. Yeah, absolutely. Now look, they, um, they cite more than 30 years worth of research. They've given us some medical testimonials uh, from uh, people as wide-ranging as Ghana Medical University, the Healthcare Innovation Facility, at, or faculty rather, at the University of Alabama, um, and dun, 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 dun. Sweet Home Alabama. Is that what that was? Let's move on. And Health Centre in Budapest, which I'm not going to try and pronounce. Um, oh, in Budapest. I've got songs. I've got songs for every city today. There we go. Um, look, their testimonials look good. Yeah. The product's great. Um, it's got an accompanying app. Oh, I love an accompanying app. Um, I, I, obviously we're not medical professionals and we've not got the time to go into the actual data behind this what I will say is if it's a device that can fit in your pocket and all you do is you stick your two thumbs on two little sensors and it gives you a readout on your heart, your blood oxygen whether or not you've got arrhythmia electrical signals in the heart if something on there flags as it looking a little bit weird mm. that you weren't aware of and that prompts you to go to the doctor and just go hey should I be concerned I don't see what can be bad about that yeah just don't 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 use it when listening to our show because we know your heart rate will go up when you hear our voices listening. The look on your face. Anyway, what news article? It's a proper different one today, David. Go on. Um, from CNN, no less. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I don't just go on TechCrunch, TNW, and the Guardian like you do, mate. That's me casting a wide net for any listener. Jack's seen some stuff with his hands. Uh, over eight thousand marijuana convictions in San Francisco dismissed with help from a computer algorithm. Okay, how, now, why? Fucking hell. I, I might go on to the article after I've read the headline, <laughs> Dave. Um, let me just read you the, the opening bit and then, uh, and then a quote because it's quite a long article. Um, Technology meets law and order to help dismiss thousands of marijuana-related convictions dating back to 1975 in San Francisco. San Francisco DA's office announced on Monday the, uh, that 8,132 convictions will be dismissed thanks to a computer algorithm that automatically scanned court records. A quote, this makes San Francisco the first county in the country to complete the automated marijuana record clearing, clearance process, said a statement from the DA's office. Uh, the DA is Georges Gascon. Uh, the DA's office teamed up with Code for America, 
a non-profit company using technology to improve the government. Sort of like a public kind of thing. Mm. Uh, to develop a program to identify cases that are eligible for dismissal since California passed the law in 2016 allowing recreational use for marijuana. Oh, I see. So a change in the law meaning that, hang on a minute, yeah. the offences that we've convicted these people for. You know when Nixon threw you in jail 20 years ago for having a 10 bag on you and you got the 20 stretch for and it. And look, I, I don't know the stats, but it's it's unfortunately well reported that once you end up in the American criminal system, it's yeah. incredibly difficult to get out of it. I mean, there was, uh, I, I do want to come into the article, but there's a documentary that came out about a guy who was put in prison. I can't remember the crime, but it got overturned about 10 years later when someone was watching an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm and Larry David was at a baseball game. Yes. And they found him in the crowd. They saw yes. him in the crowd. So it's like, it's similar kind of but not, not, not even that. I mean, there's, there's instances where people go in for stuff that's like minor um, offences. Mm. And unfortunately, we are talking that, that people get racially profiled as well. If you're Mexican or black in America, yeah, definitely. And they end up in jail and they never get out. Yeah. And yeah. they just get lost in the penal system. Yeah, yeah. So, that, this is brilliant. So uh, Gascon said, uh, using technology, we have been able to proactively bring greater racial equality and fairness to marijuana legalization in California. Look at that. We were, t we were, we were kind of clocking onto the right vibes there straight away. Exactly. Um, and the one, the one thing I wanted to leave it with, Code for America is hoping that this pilot program will be picked up by other cities and counties to expunge eligible convictions. Contact with the criminal justice system should not be a life sentence, so we've been working to reimagine the record clearance process, said uh, Jennifer Polka, uh, Code for America founder and executive director. Well, look, I'll just say this very quickly. Um, there's a documentary on Netflix called Murder Mountain. Okay. Have you seen it? No. It's all about the illegal marijuana trade in the Golden Triangle in Northern California. Right. I don't know much about drugs. What I do know is that if you were to reclassify every drug today, alcohol would be a class A drug, marijuana would be class C. Yeah. It is less dangerous. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I've never, I've never smoked pot. I'm not um, advocating it here. But what yeah. I am saying is, <laughs> I am, gladly so. I don't care. Uh, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. What I do think is that for something that's so inherit well something that seems to be so safe by comparison to other stuff that is legal mm. to something that seems to have medical benefit pushing it underground and therefore creating criminality around it mm -hmm. just seems totally logical listeners do me a favor go listen to uh, the irony of it all which is a song by the streets riders smile and me knows the song it's about one bloke who goes out and gets pissed up on the weekends, which is legal to do. One bloke who stays at home and smokes weed at the weekends, which is illegal to do. I mean, I can sit here and talk about why marijuana and weed should be decriminalised in the UK entirely, but that's for a different podcast. Yes. Jack Talks. Jack Talks? I don't think Jack Talks will ever get on the conservative networks in the States. The conservative networks in the States. <laughs> Fox News, if you're listening, I didn't want to come on anyway. <laughs> Right, anyway, I think that'll do for today's show. Maybe. Um, until Monday. Yeah. When we will be joined by Sean Bradley. Yeah, Sean's back. I hope that she can record with us on Friday now that I've said that. She might be able to, yeah. <laughs> until then, we'll, uh, well, have a lovely weekend. Yeah, cool. Yeah.